0: Welcome to the Board Game Mechanics Express, uh, where the episodes are less than an hour long, and the hosts are myself, Joel, and say hello.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? I'm back from the dead.
0: Well, not really, but I'm back. It's Jason. He's, he's really dead, though. Uh, so Jason, you survived editing the great pod... A clip How's that? A podcalypse. Does that work? Yeah, that's a,
1: a nice word that I would use, yes. I was I was, uh, I was was really hating that
0: episode just because I kept editing and just kept going and going and going. I was like, what in the world, man? Well, then I guess I uh, should find a pop filter for my microphone or something because it was pretty noisy last week, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's too bad. I wish I was more sympathetic towards you, but I'm not. Uh, it was fun recording with Katie, but alas, the boys are back in town. Then Lizzie, huh? Public domain music that sounds like... Oh, great. Now we got a copyright strike from the podcast, please. All right, whatever. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I hope so. Uh, So this week, Jason, we're talking about uh, Gen Con, we're talking about games we played, and we're talking about a little bit of news, I think. Not a lot, but just a little smidgen of news this week. (laughs)
1: Alright, so yeah, I found one thing in news that I wanted to talk about. Mostly because I can't talk about too much more than that or I'll be coughing my head off. And this is a new game from Ryan Lockett and Red Raven and it's called Sleeping Gods. Um, it's $70. There's 20 days left on Kickstarter. And so what this game looks like is you're playing on this like board that looks like the near and far board where it's in this flip book and you're flipping the pages and it makes the board. But the difference here is it takes 10 to 20 hours to play. And during that time, if you can't get make your way out of this dreamland that you entered through this boat, you fail. So you can play this whole time and fail. But you can also save your game and pick up where you left off whenever you want to down the future. Because this little book you can log your adventure in. So if you like Ryan Loggett games, go check this one out. Sleeping Gods, 20 days left.
0: Very cool. Um, I'm super excited about something on... on um Kickstarter. It just went on. So last year at Origins, uh, Bully Pulpit had their new card-based version of Fiasco. Um, They were demoing it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this solves all the things for this game. And now the card-based version of Fiasco is on Kickstarter. Uh, It's been on for like three days, and it's already approaching $100,000. So I'm sure it's going to be a big project. Uh, One maybe to check out. And then obviously Dice Thrones on right now. And it's on for... a. uh, Sorry, just kidding. You missed Dice Throne. Um Yeah, you missed Dice Throne kids. But it was really good and it was on it was on Kickstarter. So and then uh Shazen, is that how you say it? The political strategy board game. Yeah, it's uh, so. super cool. Shazen. A lot of people in my group Yeah, a lot of people in my group are are back in that one. So that one looks amazing. I think we're supposed to be getting a review
1: copy of that, but I haven't seen it yet.
0: Who yeah. Knows? I, Who knows? It looks great. I mean, it looks really great. So Stuff on Kickstarter definitely happening and trial by trolley. I mean, if a Kickstarter gets like millions of dollars in backing, we should probably mention it. But it's not our kind of game, but I know a lot of people have backed that one. Um, and I think it might be on, tr- on pace to be one of the biggest Kickstarter uh, board games ever of all time. So uh, Derek Funkhauser, I think, involved with the marketing and stuff of that one. So good job, Derek. Is that a Skybound game? I don't know. I don't think so. I... It's yeah, it might be actually, but it's Cyanide and Happiness, who's definitely the like artist. And like, I think you might be right. I think it might be a Skybound game because I know when
1: this game was coming out, Skybound or somebody was also coming out with a game that looked the same and was called something similar. And just to make life easier, I think they merged it into one game, but I'm not sure if that's this one or some other game like that,
0: huh? I, that, if that make, if that's true, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like make one awesome game instead of two games that are like, well, is this one better than this one? You know, like, and then we can right, yeah, complain and fight with each other about which one's better, like we like to do. We do love to do that, Jason. Are you gonna make it?
1: I don't know, man. It's it's feeling rough, so we'll try. it. We'll keep pressing on.
0: <laughs> How about we do this, Jason? Uh, we'll talk about games we played, and then I'll be the long winded boy who talks about Gen Con after that. So we'll get right to it. Sounds good.
1: All right, so last weekend, I was at my second church camp while I was sick. That was fun. And I played a game that I never played before or heard of before. And it's from a, a company called Grandpa Beck, or that's the publisher or designer or something. And it's called Skull King. So what this game is, is it's a trick-taking game. But the trick here is there's three suits. And there's um, a Skull King who cannot be beaten no matter what. And then there's um, a red, like, pirate card that trumps the trump card all the trump cards are black um jolly rogers so technically there are four suits there are three colors and the black cards but you always have to play all the other four suits on color so what you're doing you're playing from one one card to 10 cards and you're trying to bid how many card how many tricks you think you're going to get and if you bid zero you get the points of your cards times itself so if i bid zero on the 10th hand i would get 100 points if i make that bid so you're just trying to get as many bids or get as little bids as possible to score the most points at the end of the round. This is a fun game. I don't really play a ton of trick-taking games outside of Euchre and stuff, so it was nice to ha- play this a little bit gamery version of it. So that's Skulking.
0: That's really funny because um, Skulking just popped up on my Amazon today because uh, for a game that they thought I might like because Grandpa Back, that company, a member of the Riveted, um, he... It got posted by a member of the Riveted that their favorite game, their kid's favorite game from Gen Con this year was Grandpa Beck's Golf, which is really funny (laughs) to me. Oh, yeah. I saw that. (laughs) So, Grandpa Beck, bring in the noise, man. It's a good game.
1: Like, Skull King is really good. If you can find it, I would recommend it. If you like trick-taking games, it's really fun. I
0: I mean, like, it's really funny because all the the Grandpa Beck games have, like, a picture of Grandpa Beck done up in, like, the theme. So, I think Cover Your Assets is probably the most well-known of the game. Uh, Maybe Skull King is a little more more well-known even, but I know I've seen cover your assets around different places too. So Grandpa Beck, wow. I guess all the
1: people in the game, like the people who are the pirates, are family members of Grandpa Beck. So they're real people that are just drawn into the game, which is kind of (laughs) cool.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Very cool. Uh, Jason, I didn't play anything as cool as Skull King, but um, I did play Jumbo. Uh, So I'm going to talk about new games later. So I'm going to... I'm not going to be accused of being a cult of the new guy. So I'm going to talk about games that are 20 years old now. Uh, Jumbo, it's a two-player game where you're basically operating a stall. I think the theme is that you're in Africa and you're buying goods from tribal people and then selling them in a stall for a profit. And the first person to make 60 bucks wins or get 60 gold nuggets wins. And so you put down cards and you can use them one of two ways. You can use them as a sale or you can use them as something to buy. And you can only hold so many goods at one time. Um, and you have to be able to hold all the goods, and you have to be able to sell everything on the card. So it's pretty tight on what you can do. It uses the old action point system, too, where you have five action points in your turn. And so like you keep track with action points. But it's kind of got like almost a push-your-luck thing where you're drawing cards, and every time you draw a card, it uses up one of your actions. And the cards kind of are... are you need certain cards in certain sequences really badly. so you definitely use that drawing more than one card thing to get the cards that you really need. Um, I like it okay. It feels a little old, feels a little clunky. It's also really mean because there's also these people cards and these animal cards in there and the people cards benefit you. They're like ways that you can boost your sales or bolster your ability to make a sale. And then there's these animal cards that are basically just nasty things that happen to your opponent, like where you steal their goods or you steal one of their beneficial like tableau cards that gives them like a special player power. So Jumbo, pretty mean little game, Uh, two players only, Uh, pretty out of print, hard to find, but got a chance to play this one. It's in the old Cosmos two-player line. Did you like this one? Uh, No, it's okay. I mean, it's just too mean. I I, like those animal cards just punish everyone so badly. It just, it's, it's so mean. Um, like there's cards that say, take all the goods that you have in your, both of your carts, put them in the middle of the table and then do a draft. So, I mean, like you can do that when the other person has six goods in their cart and you have zero and you just take half their goods. I mean, just, it just feels like, it's just two player. It's back and forth. It's just a little bit mean at times. So I liked it okay. Actually, if I didn't play the other game that is two player and old from Cosmos, uh, the same week, I would probably say I like it fine. But compared to the other game, this this one's not that great. Um, and I've gotten a chance to, I I mean, like in the last two weeks, I bought about fifteen really old games. From I have a I have a person that I've made, become friends with, and she played games in two thousand five to about two thousand ten. And with her kids, when they were at home and their kids moved up and they only play a handful of the games they really loved when they were at home. So she's getting rid of most of the other ones. And um, so so she's she sold me some really cool games uh, that are really older games. And just I'm really enjoying these older games that I've heard people talk about a lot, but I haven't experienced too much. Because, I mean, like, this is all like, uh, you know, Traitors of Genoa, Princes of Florence, uh, Jumbo, like old – uh, Lord of the Rings confrontation, like that kind of era games, and you hear people talk about them and reference them, saying this game's like that one. It's kind of nice to go back and play the original ones, and the one that I'm going to talk about after you get done talking, Jason, I really like. It holds up, and it's too bad it's not in print right now. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that in a second.
1: That's cool. Yeah, there are a couple of those Cosmos games that I really want to play, like um, Kahuna or something like that. It's the one that's like a little hand of islands.
0: Huh. Yeah, he, it looks cool. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. That one's I think been in print more recently.
1: Yeah, it just got a reprint, I think, not too long ago, actually. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're cool little packages.
1: All right, so the next game I wanted to talk about is a game I've been wanting for a while. It doesn't get a ton of love, because I don't know how much people really like it. I think it's because it doesn't have variable setup or whatever. But it's called Helios, and it's from Rio Grande, I think.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you who really likes that game is Half Price Books, because it's always there whenever I go to a Half Price Books.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to buy it there, but I, I never did. But I got it through a trade, so I'll take that. So what this game is, is you're these you're this like um, I don't know this civilization that worships the sun, and you're trying to get the sun to travel around these tiles that you're laying out on this board so they grow resources, and you're spending these resources to build temples because when the sun shines on a temple, it scores points. You're also building these resources to build these buildings in your little town because they're going to give you special abilities. Uh, you're drafting these tiles that give you one of three actions. They're in three different colors, four different colors, and you're trying to get sets of four to give you bonus actions. It's a, it's a fun little game. It takes longer to set up than play. I think it took me like 30 minutes to set up when we got it done in about 25. So if you like set collection, you like collecting resources, managing resources, and just having a good time, then go check out Helios.
0: Very cool. Uh, I thought this one looks pretty interesting, too. And like even when I felt the box, I'm like, there's a lot in this box for how cheap it is. So I'm sure it's probably a good game.
1: Yeah, it, it's filled with stuff. It is super fun. And I mean, there's only three actions you can do in your turn. You're either building a temple, building a building, or moving your son around. So there's four actions, building a building, building a temple, moving your son, or grow, putting a tile down on your board for some resources. So it's not hard to learn. It's The rulebook's really good. And I had a great time, and I can't wait to play it again
0: very cool um so jason uh, before i talk about the game i actually played um one of the games that i got from my can my contact um it's
1: your your contact you make it sound like she's your dealer or something she
0: kind of is um i i can't reveal too much information uh <laughs> she's awesome um i'm super excited that she's being like really cool to me about these games um and like, I'm hoping to buy more from her. Like, she has so many awesome games that she's going through right now. Um,
1: that's crazy, dude. You got the, that first shipment you got from her, too? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Man. And then, like, she also told me she has a copy of Steam and Antiquity that she's like, not sure if her kids are winning it or not. But if they don't, she's going to hit me up. So I'm pretty excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, she just doesn't have a chance to play them anymore. And, I'm happy to to buy them from her. I mean, she keeps them in such good shape and just getting the original printings is kind of cool. So,
1: yeah, at least they're getting played and not just yeah. wasted away in a shelf or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I mean like it's I don't think I'm a board game collector, but I kind of am. And so it's kind of cool to have stuff that's just kind of like I, I not even that I'm like so happy that I own it myself, but it's just kind of cool to be able to like in my game group show people stuff that they've not seen, you know what I mean? That's just kind of fun to do. But one of the things that people will be able to see just to show, I mean, this is something that I was kind of like, what? And I think it'd be kind of cool. I don't think people who listen to this show have been gaming for 20 years. And so this game is around 20 years old. It's called uh, Medici versus Spezza, I think is the name of it. And it looks like a really cool game. It's a two-player Cosmos game, but it's totally in German. The whole game is in German. And the way how they handled the English importation of this game And this is what my friend, Chris, who played games like this back in college, like he had to like get El Grande along with a German translation dictionary, like because they had to translate it themselves. Um, But this one on the front of it in like an inkjet printed label. It says game imported by Mayfair Games includes printed English directions. And like it was just stuck on like a sticker that they printed from an inkjet printer. And then the directions <laughs> in there are like 100% from an inkjet printer and they're just like stapled That's in the corner. Awesome. So, I mean like this was this is the world of gaming 20 years ago. Like you wanted to play Euro games, they were literally European games that like you had to like have someone who was an importer import them in and find a translation for you and get the translated copy of the, of the instructions and sometimes the translations aren't the best but the game I played I'm going to cut right to it because this game's awesome and it's 100% a shame that this game's not in print right now and it totally should be in print is balloon cup um, balloon cup is so good Jason there's like basically four landing pads or four obstacles or whatever it's abstract i mean it's an abstract game but there's four tiles out there and either they're on a mountainside or on like a plain side And if they're on a plain side, the lowest sum of the cards on that tile played on that tile win. And if it's a mountain, it's the highest. And they also have a number one through four. So what you do is you have this bag of cubes and you put a cube on the one cube. You put two on the two cube, three on the three cube, four on the four cube. And you're playing. They're they're different colors. And the colors of the cubes match the suits of the cards in your hand. And so you can only play the cards of the matching color of the cubes. So there's a red, a red, a green, and a gray on the four you have to play a red, a red, a green, and a gray card there, and so you're matching the colors of the cubes. But then you're also trying to get the highest sum, and that doesn't resolve until both players play all the cards on it. So there's like three different things going on at once. Like sometimes you'll figure out I can't win these cubes, but I'm going to stall as long as I can so they can't resolve this and get the cubes to try and you know win the game. Um, so you just you just stall them, and then the other thing you do at times is that you will um be like i can't win this one so i'm just gonna dump cards on it and try and cycle cards around and and then so you you try and win these cubes and then if you get a certain number of cubes you get a trophy and the first person to get three trophies wins so it's almost like lost cities meets like set collection that matches up to colors um it's just a really interesting cute little game like and it's totally abstract a little bit thinky but just such a good two-player back and forth just it it kicks Lost City's butt in my opinion. It's so good. It's so so good. I love it a ton. Um and I know it's kinda like an out of print game that people want to get, and I understand it why now understand why now. And my is not gonna go anywhere just because I really enjoy it. So, uh that is Balloon Cup. Really good game.
1: That's interesting. The only thing I know about this game is Sam Healy said his wife used to make him play it all the time and he hates it.
0: It's super good. Um he doesn't like like lost cities and stuff either though. Probably. Yeah,
1: he doesn't. He does.
0: It's, it's like lost cities, but it's, I think better. Um, I like it quite a bit.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I might have to try this one sometime.
0: So Jason, I know that you were in a medically induced coma last week. Um, and, and True. you, you yep. couldn't be on the show. Uh, But I was debating still if I was going to make it to Gen Con. And so here's the saga of me going to Gen Con. I'm going to let you rest those sweet, sweet vocal pipes while I talk for a while here. Um, Sounds good. (laughs) I mean, like, like, what's new? That's kind of what we do. Um, So I'm just going to tell you about my experience at Gen Con this year. Uh, So Gen Con, uh, I got on on, um, Rado's YouTube channel on Monday night And I was watching his Edge of Darkness playthrough, and it was crazy. Like, I never would have thought Rado would love Edge of Darkness the way he does. But he absolutely, like, loves this game, like, so much. And then at the end of this video, he makes a plea to the audience. He's like, if you ever want to play this game, you need to figure out a way to get it because AEG has said it's not economically feasible for them to make this a retail game. And whether or not it'll get another Kickstarter, they're not sure. But if you want to get this game, you need to think about trying to get a copy now. And then I think one of the comments, or even maybe Rado, said, there's some pre-orders up on their website right now for for pickup at Gen Con. And so I I immediately the next like I think maybe it was the next morning or the same night, went over to AEG Games and put in a pre-order and ordered it. And then I and then I uh, for like local pickup got the Kickstarter edition of it. And this might be making people mad who haven't gotten their Kickstarter yet, but I was like, man, I just, I don't want to miss out on this because it does seem really awesome. And so um, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to get to Gen Con so I can pick this up. So I put my order in and then I submitted it. Everything went through. And then I went back to AG games website to look at their other stuff. You could pre-order cause they had some specials and it said this. So the, between me putting my order in and me going back to their website, I'm talking like two minutes later, It had a big red banner on the top that said Gen Con pre-order sales are closed. So I was like, oh, crap. I hope my sale went through because I was going to try and buy the expansion too. Um, And so I went down to Gen Con because I was like, I need to pick up Edge of Darkness because I don't want to miss out on it. And so I, I ended up getting some stuff done for work early and I had Friday cleared out. So I only ended up going for one day. And actually, believe it or not, my wife went with me. She was like down with going. So my wife and I went to Gen Con. We, uh, we we drove down pretty early, got down there around the time the trade hall opens, and so it started off really poorly. Like, we got there, and I was in a line that was literally, I don't know, probably a quarter of a mile long to get my my tickets from Will Call. I'm like, what? And the, and the just go buy your tickets line was like nothing. Like, you could walk right up and buy that's, a badge.
1: That, that's
0: all. It is. And I was like, I was really mad about it. So there's this quarter of a mile long, long line for Will Call, and- I'm standing in line and we've been in line for about five minutes and we've moved quite a bit. And this guy comes through and he's like, hey, make sure you guys have photo ID because if you don't, you can't get your badges. It doesn't matter who bought the badges. You have to have your own ID there. And he's just being pretty cool about stuff. And I go, how long do you think until we get in line to get our tickets? And he goes, oh, I'd be surprised if it's more than 20 minutes from here. I was like, are you kidding me? You, you got to be kidding me. Like I'm thinking two hours. And we get going. And there's a couple gaps in the line. We start flying through this line and we get up there, and this guy's there. And I go, dude, uh, the guy in front of us in line was like incredulous about it too. So we on his phone and started a timer, and it was to the second 20 minutes that like I was in line getting my badge. So I was in line for a total of 25 minutes, That's awesome. which is way better than I thought it was going to be. So I started off really pessimistic, like, oh gosh, everything I hate about Gen Con is amplified. This show's getting even worse. The stuff that I hate about it's getting worse. And it's just not going to be a good time. So I was super pessimistic when I first got in there. And there's a billion cosplayers with like big swords. And I'm like, this crowded hall is going to be so terrible. There's going to be people smacking me in the head with foam swords. And like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be facing like a, a wall of odors and crowded people in this hall. And so I go through this line for 20 minutes, not, not feeling super optimistic, but still pretty excited to be there. And I get into the hall and the hall is like just as big as i remember like and just as packed with booze as i remember but it wasn't nearly as crowded in there as i remember like you could move through there fairly well there were certain really popular areas that were hard to get through but for the most part navigating the hall was not bad it's not near what origins is because i i mean like i've only been to origins once but I think I can remember fairly well what Origins is like. Origins has really wide aisles. I think the aisles in Origins at Origins are as wide as the booths, probably. So it's like half the space is covered with booths; the other half is covered with aisles. I would say it's more like two thirds, one third at GenCon. So like the aisles are like one third; the booth space is two thirds because they really just try and pack a ton of stuff in there. Um, but it wasn't bad. You were able to walk through there okay. And I was hauling around a big old Edge of Darkness box this whole time too. So um, it wasn't too bad. Um, so that that was pretty cool. I, uh, <laughs> I I got Edge of Darkness, was able to pick that up. I haven't played it yet, but I'm pretty excited to at some point. Um, and then we're walking around and my wife, like she gets con fever just as bad as me. So we went on just an absolute like spending spree slash – just doing stuff there that was fun and I had a great time. Um, so the negative stuff that I thought about Gen Con ended up not being true. And the show's improved a lot because the show is really spread out. It's gone into the stadium. It's gone more into the hotels and it's probably bigger than ever, but it's more spread than ever. And so I would say my learning experience from this in general is I only did one day. And when you go to origins, you can do one day and see everything. And then the next day you, you saw everything you go start playing demos the second day. You know what I mean? Um, Or like you can find groups and play stuff and do stuff the second day. Because you can see pretty well all the booths and see all the stuff that's available for you and then make your plans for the next days to go do stuff. This one, I I don't think I could have seen it all in two days. Um, I went as fast as I could just trying to see as much stuff as I could and just shake as many hands as I could and make good contacts. Um, But it was just so much and I was just – booking through there as fast as I could. So I don't have really deep impressions of a lot of things, but I can tell at least a little bit what my impressions were of the show, who was spending money for marketing, what what I was seeing people carrying around that was hot, um, and then what I actually did there too. So that's kind of uh, the, the beginning introduction overview here thing is that it's a huge show, but it's spread out, but I don't think you should do it for one day. And so next year, if I do Gen Con, I think I'm going to do it for the full four days. Um, And I think there's some stuff that I've learned about Gen Con from more veteran Gen Con people. Like I've been to Gen Con. This is my fifth time, I think, going to Gen Con. Um, But I'm not as experienced as a couple people in the Riveted who have figured out how to like game Gen Con a little bit. So um, Gen Con, uh, as far as that goes, I I think, Jason, if you want to go and be a part of it next year, Hopefully we get press credentials. I don't know what they're looking for us to get press credentials, but if we don't get press credentials, I'm pretty sure that you and I could go as games ambassadors or as demo people, um, working for some of our contacts. So we definitely could get in there and get some exhibitor passes probably, um, if we want to try and do that instead. So we'll talk about that off the air probably. Um, but I think, I think we should get there. Um, it's, I know, I know we got a little scorn this year, but it's still a good show. Um, yeah, and I and I do
1: actually want to go sometime. I just am ticked off this year, but someday, someday, well, some year I. to The other thing
0: go. too is, I mean, I think your point, and I think the point that I I get for sure. I was at my local GameStop game shop, not GameStop. I don't go to GameStop anymore. It's not you know nineteen ninety eight um, where I can get seventy five cents for last year's Madden game that they're going to sell for thirty five dollars. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm sure they still do that.
0: Uh, game shop. I went to my little game shop and, um, there were like three people in there and this was on Tuesday before, before Gen Con. And, um, we were just kind of looking at what's going on in there. And, and, uh, that's where I bought a copy of Teotihuacan, uh, which I hear I shouldn't have bought, but whatever, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cause
1: it's a disappointment game. You, you might like it. I just, it just wasn't for me and Katie, but yeah, you might dig it.
0: Yeah. I hear it gets better on repeated plays though. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That's the other thing too. With us being like content creators, we don't get repeated plays that often unless we really love a game. Um, So anyway, uh, the people in the shop there were all complaining kind of similar to you that it's just just too much money, like that the show has become really expensive and it has. I think one day at Gen Con, you can get a week-long pass at Origins for the same price. So it is really expensive. Uh, It's a lot more stuff. But it's really expensive. I think it's sixty-five bucks a day for day passes, and one hundred and ten for a four-day pass. And then I think the trade day, which I used to do trade day as a teacher, um, I remember paying like eighty-five bucks for trade day, and now it's up to two hundred. So Whoa. it's it's a little expensive. Um,
1: At Origins, if you have teacher credentials, you can get a whole week for thirty-five dollars.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, and like I, I think GenCon's a great event, but it's they know it's a great event. The other thing too, at Origins, Origins is a game fair, so it's more about playing games there and demoing games. Right, yeah. And Gen Con's a trade show. 100 percent is a trade show. You're there to buy stuff, to get the first crack at buying stuff. There's some demoing going on. There's there's you can play games and get slip like little snippets of games, but it's not I mean the like the informal gameplay that happens around Gen Con, it doesn't happen until much later. Like it doesn't happen during the day at all. Whereas I know at Origins, I would see little groups of people like sitting on the floor in corners, different places, or, or, you know, they've got the big game space that you can, I guess, buy tickets to go in there and play. But like, they've got a lot of game space that is really accessible. And I know there's game, the game room at Gen Con too, but I just, I think that Gen Con is Gen Con because it's a trade show and it's just, you get to see the stuff there and it's so many releases. So many companies are there. Stefan Feld comes over from Germany Got a picture of that one too, Jason. That was pretty good.
1: I know that that made me jealous. That was the most jealous thing. He that was I saw the nicest
0: guy in the world. Uh, he I'm was, sure he is. He was playing Merlin with a group of guys, and I was talking to Queen Games, and I was like, "Hey, yeah, I mean, like, I I do a podcast, so I'd love to talk to you guys or get some interviews going." And we're content creators, but they didn't give us credentials this year because um, he looked at my badge. He's like, "You guys didn't get credentials?" I was like, "No," and he was like, "He was upset because I told him what our." media reach was and stuff right, yeah. he goes well next year hopefully you guys get him because we'll invite you to our media event because this year we had stefan felt there and he was our keynote and i go no way you guys had felt and he goes and he like made that like make a fist and point with your thumb thing he pointed over his shoulder and right there he is playing merlin with these guys like at a <laughs> table awesome. right behind there and i'm like oh are you kidding me and i went over and shook his hand and he just like grinned at me this big grin and i tried to explain <laughs> to him like our little inside joke and he laughed yeah, yeah, politely because yeah. he didn't get it but like he, i think i don't know if sevenfeld has a sense of humor he, i think he does probably but um the guys. then i asked him for a picture he didn't just like give me a quick like look over at the camera he hops up throws his arm around me gets this great big like awesome photo with me just the coolest guy in the world um i think we might we might re- renew that restraining order uh after this
1: <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure we are
0: <laughs> so i definitely got the man crash going again just awesome dude um and the my favorite part is that I uh, I put a picture on my Facebook of, of on my Instagram and then it automatically aggregates to my Facebook. So my people on Instagram kind of knew who he was and it was like, I got some laughs on it, but then it automatically aggregates to my Facebook, which is like my family and like people who don't know anything about yeah, board yeah. games. And I was like, here's my new best friend. And it was a picture of me and Sevenfeld. Yeah. and and everyone's like liking it, but they don't have any comments because they're like, I don't know who this is. That's, that's strange that he's with this that's tall hilarious. man. So I don't know. That was really cool. Um, so at any rate, that was that was like the just overview stuff. So now I'm just gonna kinda break into uh, like the stuff that was being, I think, pushed there. Like the stuff that I saw heavy marketing of or see, I saw people carrying around quite a bit. Um, first off, right off the bat, the legendary 007 game uh, was where you got your lanyards. Um, so they they always upper decked us every lanyard at every con, I think. So it was the 007 game they were pushing this year. So you saw that around the legendary 007 game quite a bit. Um, Terror Below. There were tons of posters for Terror Below. I saw people carrying around Terror Below in bags. I saw just tons of Terror Below happening. And so that was one that I just was, was very present. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play that one, but I saw that it was really hot. Um, one that I didn't know much about before this, but it looks really cool, is um, it looks like it's maybe the game that I wanted Mysterium to be. It's called Obscuro. Um, it's like Mysterium, I think same company, but instead of, instead of it being competitive or having a ghost kind of thing, I think it's more cooperative. And then instead of doing cards, you're doing these, like, um, I think it's like, you're trying to figure out which book in this library or where this book goes in this library. And there's these like circular coasters with art on them instead of cards. It's really cool looking. I I was really tempted to just blind buy it. But I blind bought Mysterium too, and was really disappointed with that. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll watch a watch a run through this first. Um, Foodies, I saw Foodies a lot of places around there. Um, that's I think basically uh, Simon or C- Simon C- C-
1: Simon. C- C- yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's it's their version of like I think machikoro Koro, like dice rolling kind of game. Oh, that's um, cool. It looks kind of cool. Um, Cartographers was everywhere, obviously, and I think with good reason. I'm, I I probably would have bought a copy if I would have done any more research on it. It looks really good. I'm just not – I'm not sure. Is it standalone or is it the expansion for role Player? I, I'm just not positive on that. I
1: think it's standalone. I think the expansions say role Player expansions on them. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it's really closely related to Player, regardless. Like I think it probably borrows a lot of mechanics and stuff from role Player. if I had to guess. Um, they just look super similar um, as far as like their just overall design and what it looks like in the box. Um, I could be totally wrong on that. So leave a comment or come find us on Facebook. Um, where the old people live and I don't really connect with people, I guess. I just said that. Um, anyway, it looks really cool though. Uh, Watergate was like kind of all over the place. People were super into that. I I wasn't super into that one because someone advertised that to me as being like Twilight Struggle, but quicker or lighter maybe. Um, but it looks actually kind of cool. Um, and then, and then I just got my copy of homebrewers from Kickstarter, like a couple days before Gen Con. And actually I was surprised to see a presence for homebrewers there, uh, greater than games. So I'm excited for that game. Actually, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be one of those games. That's a slow burn. I think it's going to take a while for people to understand. It's a really good game and build momentum, but I I saw it there as, as well. Um, and now I guess we'll get into the stuff that is like, okay, this is the stuff that I like picked up because I was just like, yeah, I need this. I need this in my life. Uh, three games and these three games, all three of them, I would say are arguably, arguably the best games to come out in the last three, four, five years. I mean, just really good games. I mean, like, I don't care what year they would have come out of. They would have probably been in the top five games of that year. And one of them is like, I think you and I are the only people talking about it. The other one is one that I didn't know hardly anything about before this. And then, and then when I got down there, I saw everybody had a copy and I was like, okay, I'm going to see what's up with this game. Got it. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm super glad I got this. And then the last one is one that was on Kickstarter and we talked about a little bit, but I have not heard much about it, but it's arguably my favorite game. Like it's, it might take my number one spot in my top 100 this year, just because it's that good. Um, And it's. So the other two games, I'm I'm I am i have not said any games yet. I'm trying to keep people on the edge of their seat right now. Is it working? Probably not. Um, but the other two games are honest to goodness they would be in the top five games of any year for the last 10 years, probably for me. But this other game, this number one game, is like it's just so good. It's it's miles ahead of these other games. Like it's the new standard that I'm gonna make a 10 by. So let's talk about what these games actually are. The one that only I'm I'm only hearing about from you, Jason, and I'm glad you told me about it. It almost sold out, so I know that people are are stoked about it. But the one that I'm only hearing buzz from from you is Abomination Era oh, Frankenstein.
1: So good, so <laughs> yeah,
0: good. it's awesome. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I played it like two handed solo. Um, I just I had a big game day on Saturday, but we played the number one game, and it took a long time, so we didn't get a chance to play this one. Um, but it's just super cool with those dials on your board. You're trying to charge these jars up, balance that with getting cadaver parts to make this this thing, but then also like, how fresh of parts do you want versus do you want to go to a cheaper spot and spend your better placements other places, or like kind of upgrade your laboratory, or just different things like that. Like It's just a super cool balancing worker placement game with a totally cool theme, like a crazy science fiction theme on it that like you just don't see super good. I just really love it. Just a little bit of playing I've done with it. It's just really, really top notch. Um, the components are good. Everything. So, yeah, that's Abomination. Like, And I am super excited to play it. I just, I'm eager to play it.
1: Oh, dude, I, like, I play, I think, two rounds at Origins, and I, I love this game. It's just a worker placement game with some theme. And I don't even love theme, but the fact that you can go and just kill somebody and steal their blood and their bones is awesome to me. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is it is cool and then like the fact that there's a consequence for your actions. So like if you if you go and kill someone you're going to get those little police badges you know what i mean or if you try and like not be as grimy a person and go get cadavers from the cemetery and just be a grave robber like you get old rotten parts and like i think if you go to the medical school or something you get slightly better parts and if you go to the executioner's hall or like the public square you get like brand new parts so like it's just interesting how you balance the stuff and then like things rot but you can get ice to like keep things on ice for a little while yeah yeah. um just super interesting it's awesome (laughs) yeah i think you and I are the champions of this game, so listen up, Plat Hat. We're your boys. Yeah.
1: If only they would recognize that. They keep giving it to everybody else, jerks.
0: Yeah, we're your guys, man. I promise. And we even had Colin on. Colin Flores, our guy Colin, go listen to that episode. We're giving like Plat Hat like seven plugs.
1: <laughs> That's true. We are. So many plugs. For free.
0: Anyway. Yeah, so Abomination, I haven't played it yet, but that's probably the third favorite of the games I picked up. But honest to goodness may end up being my top 20 favorite games of all time. Like, So this was a good Gen Con for releasing games. Number two was uh, Black Angel, man. Black Angel, I saw it everywhere. I was like, okay, this looks amazing. Eno Tool Art. Why don't I know anything about this? Oh, because it's by Pearl Games. I've never even heard of Pearl Games. Twa. So, yeah, it's Twa in space. And this is a game that I think that they were like – I, I'm pretty sure that the Twa guys listened to our podcast and they heard Jason say, I don't play space games. They were like, we'll make a space game you're going to want to play. And so I think they like tried their hardest to make an amazing Euro game in space so that Jason's going to have to change his paradigm and start playing space games.
1: I do want to play this one. It looks cool.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. It's like Twa. But then it also has Selenia as like a sideboard. <laughs> so you're playing both those games and they work together pretty well. And then you've also got like some like programming kind of stuff for this AI that you play on your on your player board and how you get it to trigger with different things. It like costs you different things. It's really cool. Um, just so many different things to balance, but all the parts kind of weave together really well. It's sort of a heavy game, but not. Like it's heavy to play it well. I think a 10-year-old could play this game, but a 10-year-old is probably not going to play it as well as someone who's been gaming for 10 years, you know? So... Um, I think it's really cool. A great game. I've only played it solo though. So like this is one that I'm super eager to play with other people and even playing it solo, it's arguably going to be a top 10 favorite game of mine. Like it's just – all the pieces work so well together. It's got dice. It's got worker placement. It's got uh, like programming, like tableau building kind of stuff in it. Um and then it's and then it's got different cards that you can get that are if you fight off the bad guys you get awesome rewards so it's not like you have to fight the bad guys off to just survive and s- scrape by you're fighting off the bad guys because you want to get the awesome benefits that it gives you so they're almost like competing to try and get to the bad guys first you know so it's just a lot of really cool things in the game uh, but that's with limited exposure to it and so I th- that said. Come December, January, whenever we're doing our top 10 games of all time, don't be surprised if this one ends up on there.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Next BGM con, we might have to bust this one out.
0: I'll tell you what, we will have to bust out, Jason, and I will like not be happy unless we do bust it out. I'm going to teach you the rules on Skype or something beforehand. It's going to be me and you playing two players. Maybe, maybe we'll get a third person in there. Someone who's maybe like local to me and played this game before but if we know the rules and know how to play it this game would play in less than three hours probably and it's so good like spoiler it may i i just did my top 100 games and after playing this one only once it was shocking how high it was it
1: point salad is that
0: the game yep point salad love that little uh, card game it's so good i knew it i knew it uh that's really funny that we just like lost like eight listeners who just like immediately deleted this podcast (laughs) off their phone before I could tell the real, the real game, the real game, the city of the big shoulders, or I think it's just called city of the big shoulders. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Jason, I just want to play it right now. Like I want to play it right now. I would play this anytime, anywhere. It's so stinking good. Um, it's basically the auction part and like stock part, not really auction, but like stock part, of an 18X game where you're establishing companies and trying to build these companies up and adjusting their stock price um, where you can pay yourself dividends and you want to keep the stock price up, but also keep making a ton of money. So the stock continues to go up, but you have to keep money in the company to keep investing in the company. So it's all these things you're balancing with stock Um, and you set your own stock price for initial IPOs and just, it feels like a true business simulation kind of. And if you invest in the business, you're going to get really awesome profits in the future. But if you don't give a dividend, then people get freaked out and sell your stock off and your stock price goes down. But if you just give out dividends, then you won't have enough money to buy the supplies you need to even keep production up. And so you're balancing that along along with on the other part of it is basically it feels like Arkwright where it's like this thing of you're trying to become more efficient by automating factories. You're trying to... Um, figure out how to buy out suppliers so that you have a steady access to like livestock. If you're like a leather goods company, you're trying to open multiple factories so you can get economies of scale going. Um, And just all this stuff going on. It's just an incredible game. And I think we played it, learning it and playing it with three players, not super AP prone, But having to learn it and just kind of look up a couple rules through it in four hours. So I'm pretty sure if you and I who are quick players plus another quick player played it and knew the rules going into it, it would play in three or less. Um, And the box says three hours on it. So I think it's definitely doable. But man, it's just such a good game experience. And I am not explaining it well because there's no way I can explain this game, like all of the richness in it on like an audio podcast and do it justice and do it in a reasonable amount of time. But it's just so good. If you like stock games – if you like games where you're doing production or managing things, this is your game. This one's so good. I just want to play it so much. Like, honest to goodness, if if I could find uh, a group of people that would play this game with me, like, once a month, but it meant I had to sell off 100 of my board games, I probably would. I mean, like, just because it's that good. it's just what I want to play.
1: Wow, yeah. This is one that when it was on Kickstarter, I really wanted. So now that I know you have it. I finally will get to play it.
0: Yeah, you don't have to have it now. So it definitely breaks your rules. Um, they had a good oh, yeah, deal I'm in the sure. too. I'm sure. I got a chance to get the expansion, which has five extra companies. But then it upgrades some of the bits to being wooden. And then like the money that comes in this game, I think they figured out in this game, people are going to play this 18xx style and play it with poker chips. So the, the the original money that comes in the game is just terrible. It's like paper, but it's on like even tissue paper. It's just the worst money. I literally threw it away. Like I threw away the money in the box that came with it. Because it's just that bad. And then in the expansion, you get wooden tokens instead of like these little chits. And you get some like card stock money. Um, But I think I would definitely play it with poker chips if you've got them. So it just makes the game quicker. In your picture, you had poker chips. I thought those came with the game. No, I wish. That was uh, my buddy, Paul. He's a big poker chip collector. He's got Ah. sets upon sets upon sets of those. And he won't play with anything but poker chips when it involves money. And I get it. It's really fast.
1: Yeah. It looked cool. I just assume that's what game on the – that's cool.
0: No, I wish. Yeah, for 100 bucks, he like, gets a cardboard table uh, or a cardboard board and about like 50 pieces of other cardboard. I mean like it's definitely like 18xx in that regard. Like 18xx games are like I think pretty expensive and there's not a lot of components cool. in it. But there's a lot of thought in the game. I think it's kind of the same thing with this one. I have 1830 now too. So I really want to play it. But –
1: yeah, it's hard to play those 18xx games because they just look so bad. And I'm into bad-looking games, but those look
0: real bad. Yeah, they do. They really do. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm hoping to have some big game days here in a couple of weeks, but it's back to the beginning of the school year, so things are going to slow down for me a little bit. Uh, I think I put a, quite a few videos out this summer. I think I probably put out in the neighborhood of 20 videos this summer. Um, I'm hoping to continue put continue putting out one a week. Uh, one to two a week. So keep watching the YouTube channel. Um, but I'm going to slow down a little on that. Uh, but Jason's done with some busy stuff too. And maybe, I think, I don't know, his tuberculo- tuberculosis drugs are going to kick anytime now. And uh, hopefully hopefully he can start doing some videos too again. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I got a couple that I'm ready to roll on. I just don't want to have to edit every 30 seconds of me coughing out.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, you don't. You don't want to have that blooper of you going, Katie. I peed again. Like I'm so tired of coughing so hard. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's rough. That's rough. All right. Well, uh, I've been Joel, and this has been a podcast. I guess <laughs> we're, we're, we'll be back into our true form here soon. Yep. We'll do a top five next week. I know you guys like those. We'll we'll bring it back. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Sometimes you just gotta
1: you gotta leave the people wanting more. So we can't do it all the time, or you're gonna know what you're gonna get.
0: Top five life support systems Jason might be on by next week.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Number five, the iron lung. Ooh, I hope not. That's that was a rough one.
1: Yeah, I don't want to have polio. Come on, man.
0: All right. <laughs> well, I've been Joel. And hey, keep gaming. I'm Jason.
1: Keep gaming. <laughs>